Hello, I'm Viola Strepsada Volturine. I'm a dominant female sadist and a kink educator, and you're listening to Obedient Love, where I train submissive men to enjoy a life of service, self-knowledge, and exploration in the world of female-led relationships. This is my first podcast in a long time, and today I wanted to share with you a bit of my erotic fiction. My newest story titled Ben the Butler is written from the perspective of a submissive. And the reason behind this is because I've been thinking more and more about the perception of dominant women in society. I have the impression that in the normie straight world, perhaps we're viewed as narcissists. I've seen a lot of articles warning men against narcissistic women and some of the traits they describe could also fit the profile of a female dom. So I've been giving it some thought. I do rather enjoy having all of my partner's attention, having his thoughts on me at all times. As St. Vincent sings, I want all of your mind. I'm greedy. I love it when my man is obsessive and worshipful and can't get me out of his head. And I want all of his affections all the time. I'm possessive, I'm demanding, He should do as I say and do things my way. But this isn't in itself narcissism, is it? I mean, narcissism is a one-way street. It's forced upon people who don't consent to it. A narcissist manipulates others to get the attention they seek. My dominance isn't forced, no matter how sexy that might sound. My dominance is a gift to the submissive. I don't want these things from a man who highly values control over his own life. I want them from men who want to give me control, who crave being subjugated. The men for whom serving and obeying and being commanded by a woman is all they ever think about. It's all they ever dream about. My dominance isn't one way. It creates an erotic closed circuit. The energy you put into pleasing me returns to you in the kind of attention that you seek, in your favorite kind of affection that leaves you weak and humbled, that makes your eyes roll back in your head as you drop lower and lower into subspace. I love the submissive mind. I want to burrow in there deep and find all the buttons and triggers. I want to know what makes you tick, to play you like an instrument and use you like a toy. And my latest story is from the submissive's perspective. Make no mistake, it's about me. It's my fantasy and what I hope to become reality one day. But this is my way of showing that my dominance is empathetic. I get you. I understand the kind of things that you long for. And it feels nice to be understood, doesn't it? To be able to be yourself and want what you want. Not everyone wants these things, and that's okay. No need for judgment. It takes a variety of people to make the world go round. But a submissive soul deserves free expression too, and the women that normies tell you to run from might just be the kind of woman who excites you. So for all the bends out there, enjoy.
she walked in like she owned the place. And given the fact that she had him transfer the title to the house into her name before she would even agree to move in, it was an appropriate entrance. As she scanned the place, she pulled off her leather gloves, one finger at a time. Ben caught them as she flung them in his direction. Following a few paces behind her, with his eyes lowered, wearing a collar and a black jumpsuit, was her pet. When Ben had first met Viola, she hadn't immediately seemed like the type of woman who would secretly own another human being. She was pushing 50, but could pass for 40, her skin just showing the beginning softness of aging. She had been a young punk in the 1980s and maintained just a hint of her more gothic days in her style. She dressed in solid black, a shock of color in her dark hair, but her demeanor was reserved. She was a quiet, soft-spoken kind of lady, the type to hang back and observe before stepping into a conversation. Not at all what one might expect of a hardcore sadist and a female supremacist, but her understated attitude had now become a part of her appeal. Still waters run deep, as they say. After playing many times, he knew her to be cruel and commanding, and more than a little capable of taking Ben to the very edge of his limits with a kind of confidence that seemed rare. Ben's dream had been to become the butler of an elegant lady of leisure, to be subjugated, treated with less respect than a servant, all the while remaining stoic and composed, taking whatever the lady of the house could dish out with a secret ecstasy. Being truly in love and truly in fear of his mistress was his fondest wish. He'd earned enough in his lifetime to buy a nice home and retire early. When he stopped being busy with his career, he had plenty of time to search for his dream come true. This will go. She pointed to a runner on the floor. He'd learned that she had very specific tastes. She was an artist. The things that one might find in these tasteful layouts and in interior design magazines seemed to bore her. He was doing his best to anticipate her preferences and was sure he would eventually get it right. Until then, she never worried about offending by telling him when she thought his taste was crap. Yes, ma'am. Ben nodded his head as a subtle bow. Viola had requirements of her new living arrangements. She would take the master bedroom with a cage beneath the bed installed for her pet. Ben would be required to live in the servants' quarters, a sort of mother-in-law apartment in the back of the house, complete with its own kitchen and bath. He'd bought the house with this very arrangement in mind. As butler, Ben was in charge of the cleaning and upkeep of the house. He'd hire a housekeeper to come in two or three times a week, and in between, he'd be required to do the dishes, the laundry, the sweeping. He'd run errands, drive mistress anywhere she needed to go, and be available at all times to service her sexually, should the mood strike her. He would also be beaten and tortured regularly. She'd make use of his orifices, stretching them to new limits as it pleased her. She'd involve him in her sick experiments. One evening, she gave him some pills to take. He did so without hesitating, later to discover that he had an erection that simply would not go away. She spent an entire night slapping it, tying it up, and edging him. 
She bound and fucked him and slapped his face, warning him not to dare come. Then she gave him two ruined orgasms, masturbating him to the precipice and then removing her touch just before he got off. Seeing herself out of his room, she then left him with a still stiff cock, hanging with his hands bound above his head. She'd placed a magic wand vibrator on a post in front of him, leaving it plugged in and turned on low. Before morning, he came three more times without being able to touch himself, just rubbing against the vibrator and thinking of the look in her eye and the hard slaps on his face when she'd ridden him. But most of the time, she kept him in chastity. The nights of release only happened a few times per month. He was never allowed to touch himself without permission, and she kept his cock caged at all other times, so the experience threatened to break Ben's brain each time. Having his face ridden with no hope of being able to have a full erection inside that cage made him feel even more servile. Some days he envied her pet. He was allowed to cuddle with her on the couch or in bed. He was allowed to worship her body with back rubs and foot rubs. She lay around, casually stroking his massive erection. His cock was at least three times the size of Ben's. Edging him endlessly while watching a movie. While Ben had to serve snacks and act as a footstool on which to rest her heels. The pet was not allowed to wear clothes in the house and would often be required to crawl around behind her on all fours. He rarely spoke except to say, yes ma'am, or occasionally, yes mommy. Many times Ben would pass Viola's bedroom to see the pet on his knees by the bed, with his head buried between her thighs. She would thrust her hips and shove his face into her with both hands. Ben would watch, trying not to be seen or heard, his heart pounding and his cock pushing against the bars of the chastity device. If only he could jerk off. The desire to touch himself was almost unbearable, but there was just no way to do it with the cage fitting so perfectly. So he'd press his hands against it and hump, hoping to get any pleasure he could. Having been caught once, he was severely caned and pegged hard for a good hour. When he uncontrollably came inside his cock cage, he was whipped with a quirt intended for horses. He lay bleeding in his room, escaping, cherishing the burning ache of every slice the whip had left in his flesh. Ben knew his role. Serve, be treated as an object. The only affection allowed was when she purred and caressed and kissed him and between strikes of the cane. The heat of her hands and soft lips, in contrast to the stinging pain on his ass, made him dizzy. And oh, the pain. It turned the whole world off and made her into a god. He would die at her hands, given the privilege. On rare occasions, when Ben had been particularly attentive to his work and mistress was in a good mood, she would pull him aside. You've pleased me, she said softly, and I want to give you something. She'd make him lie on the floor as she slowly slipped off her panties and stood above him. He'd stare at her vulva for a long time 
as she slipped her fingers between the folds. Then she crouched down, her cunt hovering just above his mouth. If he tried to raise his lips to it, she'd grab his hair and pin his head to the floor. She forced her fingers into his mouth and then down his throat, gagging him. Then, as she removed her hand, suddenly a gush of golden fluid would pour into his mouth, nearly choking him. He'd swallow as fast as he could, but it would overflow and pour out and down the sides of his cheeks and into his ears and nose. A puddle formed under his head. Then she'd stand up and smile down at him. She'd place her foot on his throat. Learn to swallow faster, she'd say. And tapping the side of his head with her toe, she'd order, clean it up. And with that, she'd walk away. And that was part one of Ben the Butler. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think, and be sure to come back for my second podcast in about a week for more fantasies and musings on female-led relationships. This is Viola Strepsada Voltari, and you have been listening to Obedient Love. <laughs>